The Creek Church is a community of believers located in Fort Worth, Texas. If you would like more information about the Creek Church, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. It's good to see you guys. Love y'all. I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited about today. Um, you saw in the video, The Purge. Um, that, that's something I sprung on everyone last week and our team. I thank you guys. They just rose the occasion, so they put everything together. So on July 10th, we're going to bring all of our clothes, bring them in bags or however you want to bring them, baskets, whatever, um, and we're going to lay them here and we're going to let them go. And we're going to get them, get them to people who need them. Now, this is not junk for Jesus, so don't bring your trash. Throw it away, okay? Throw it away. Be, be Elsa or whatever the girl's name and let it go, let it go. So, okay, don't bring your junk. Um, and uh, so we're going to do that together as a church. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because we got some stuff that we need to get rid of. And, um, yes, thank you, everyone, for um, all the chance comments this week. It's been awesome. Um, yeah, there's some stuff I can't even share about that. So I love you guys. It's awesome. Uh, I love my church. We can be that way. Um, but I uh, got a couple things I want to I wanna do uh, to bring you up to speed on some things. Um, we've made a new staff addition. Um, Roberta Itelli has joined our team part-time. If you haven't got to meet her, she's buzzing around the lobby. She's uh, coming in to help with our group's ministry and uh, support Trinity and, and bring some more some more help in that area, which I'm excited about. And uh, she's a fireball, and she's crazy like the rest of our team. So she fits in perfectly. And uh, we all love Jesus. She loves Jesus, and so it's a good thing. If you haven't got to meet her, she's in the lobby after the service. Um, let me talk to you about some things in our Creek Kids, and then we've got something special. I'm saving that one for the for the last one. So, on um, Creek Kids, some of y'all parents noticed that that we're, we're, we've got some capacity issues. When we added the third service in March, what that did in our adult service is it kind of spread us out a little bit. So it gave us some room, and uh, but it hasn't helped um, in our preschool areas because uh, y'all are fruitful and multiplying, and y'all are kind of on that journey together. You know, you're in that life track together, I guess, but man, um, so we've been dealing with some capacity issues in our preschool room, so uh, Pastor Tammy and the team, we've been talking and praying about how we can help, help better minister to families um, through this process, and we love that we have so many families, and we get to, to minister to so many adults and kids, and we've made some changes on how to best minister to you as a family and to your kids, and we were kind of aligning things with the, the school district around us, because we, we weren't set up that way, so I want to talk to you about this, because a lot of questions have been coming in about promotion. So when does my kid move up? And uh, with grades, it's easy. So in the elementary ministry, it's easy. But in preschool, we graduate or promote by milestones. So if you've got a baby in a carrier, when they start walking, they move into the next room. And then the next milestone is, is potty trained. And so some of y'all parents are going through that now. I'm sorry. Um, some of you are probably tired of hearing, I'm done. But uh, I don't have to hear that anymore. I got a grandbaby on the way. If you missed that last week, I'm going to be a granddad, and uh, I'm excited. Um, you'll probably hear me say that every week from now until that child is born, and then some kind of something every week after about that child. Um, and so uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't do the potty training. I won't have to do diaper duty anymore. I, I have a low gag reflex. It's not in my job description. Ain't happening. Um, so when they're potty trained, they move up into the next class. 
The problem is we've been having some capacity in there because your kids are moving up, but then we, we kind of move them by grades after that. So here's what we've done. Um, we've moved kindergarten into our Creek Kids Elementary because our elementary schools are kindergarten through fifth grade. And what we're doing is setting up a small group specifically for your kindergartners. So it's not like we're releasing them in the general population. Uh, some of you are like, what? Uh, they go to school with them. And so we've got small groups set up for your kindergartner, and then that's through fifth grade. And then we've made an adjustment to our Canvas 56, which is fifth and sixth grade. We're shifting that to a sixth through eighth grade, and that, kind of, that really fits how the schools are laid out in our district, that we've got elementary as kindergarten through fifth grade, and then middle school is sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and that will start next week. And so how promotion will work starting next week through August 7th. So some of your kids are like, I'm not ready to move up, and you can try it next week. And, and parents, you're welcome to go in with them. Go to a, If you haven't been in a Creek Kids service, fill out a, go, go check in at the check-in area, and they'll give you a lanyard. I think you might have to fill out a background check, even just a visit. But I don't know if you're going to serve back there. You have to do a background check. Go sit through one of those services. I love that, that Tammy and the whole children's ministry team, they preach the word to your kids. They want to see your kids grow in Christ. And so they've kind of set it up as their goals that in preschool and nursery, they want kids to embrace God and just get their arms around God, understand they've been made, they're fearfully and wonderfully made. God loves them. And then in elementary school, they want them to engage God. So start to develop this relationship. We want to see our kids come to salvation in relationship with Jesus. And then in our middle school ministry, we want to see them enlarge that relationship with God. So grow in that. And that then dovetails into our youth ministry um, where they can discover their calling and, and move forward in the purpose that God has created them. So I wanted to get that out there. If you have any questions, you can email us, info at thecreekfw.com or see us at the Welcome Center, and we can help you walk through all that. And if you want to go visit one of the services, parents, I highly recommend it. You'd be, you'd be so amazed. And Tam, be careful, though. Tammy will get you. Um, that's how she rolls. So it's awesome back there. Um, last, thing before, last thing before we get into teaching, I want to invite our elders and, uh, to come up on the platform. And we have a new elder that we are commissioning this morning. And uh, we have been praying for the leadership in our church, and, and uh, we have a board of elders that help govern the ministry here at the Creek. And so these men, if I say something that, that makes you angry, um, these, you can escalate to these guys. Notice this one. Um, so, <laughs> you can escalate to him. No, I, no they, they have set, we set up this so that we have the accountability um, so that these guys can watch my back. They watch my blind spots. And so I don't have the authority to go off and do what Matt wants to do. We work as a team, so we do what God wants us to do. Um, because I, I am a man. I am messed up. And, and we're all humans, and we mess up. And so just by being a pastor doesn't give me this, this perfect uh, sight line on what God wants us to do. So I love the accountability that God brings around us. And so Dave Munson is our newest elder that we're commissioning today. And... Um, <laughs> As, as all of our leaders, every volunteer has been prayed in here at the creek. And Dave, you've been prayed in. And, and what I love about Dave and Suzette, Heather and I got to spend time with them in Africa and really, really just get into their heart. And they have such a heart for missions and such a desire to see nations reached. And, and what that boils down to is they want to see people reached. 
They want to see people's lives transformed by, by Jesus. And, and I love watching their hearts in action. I love watching their hearts in action here. And I'm excited for the leadership and the wisdom and experience you bring to the creek. And we're, we're grateful for that. We love you. Um, what we do in a commissioning, remember I commissioned the entire church a couple weeks ago. Um, it's just a laying on of hands, and it's recognizing that God has placed a call in your life, Dave, um, to, to be in that leadership position here at the creek and to serve as an elder so that, that you take on a mantle of leadership here um, with the church. Um, here's what I ask you to pray for. Pray for all of us, um, because as soon as we get out there and start engaging in leadership, uh, the enemy hates that, and he starts attacking. And so here's what I love about the faithfulness of our God. He loves his kids, and he says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I, God, will raise up a standard against him. And so pray that God continues to hold that standard, and he holds us to that standard, and so that we can engage in the spiritual warfare that we're called to fight, and we fight well, and we fight in a way that glorifies and honors God. And so be praying for us. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your church. Pray for the volunteers that help lead you in ministries. And so let's lay hands on Dave. And uh, if you would, just, just reach out your hand. Pray for him. Lift him up. Ask God to anoint him. So, Father, we love you and we thank you for Dave. We thank you for Suzette and Cross and Sela. And we just ask, Father, um, that you continue to make clear the calling that you have for their family. And, Lord, that you protect their family from the attacks of the enemy. Lord, I thank you that you've called them to move uh, onto the offensive, to bring the gospel to nations. And Father, I pray that, that we continue to see salvations and we continue to see people grow up in Christ and who you've called them to be um, through the work that happens um, through the creek and through um, all of us. And Father, I just ask that you just continue to anoint Dave with the leadership, with the wisdom, and Lord, with the peace that moves his countenance. And Lord, I just pray that you bring us unity in our leadership team. Father, may we always walk in unity with each other and most importantly with you, Holy Spirit, so that we hear you, we discern you, and we follow you. And I thank you for what you're doing in the life of our church. I thank you for that. I pray that you continue that, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, I love you, Dave. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. So remember, Dave, you got four now. So if I say something that's going to upset you, and that could happen this morning, because it's, the subject that we're going to deal with is a it's a tense one. It's a it's a difficult one. I'm excited about it, um, and I say that about like someone says I'm excited to have surgery because you know you're going to feel better after this, the recovery, right? Um, and so uh, we're we got to deal with some stuff this morning and. And I love the word of God because it's so tender with us and God is so gentle with us and he's going to work us through some processes here. So um, we're going to talk about freedom and forgiveness because forgiveness is something that brings us into a bondage. It holds us captive. And as we've been tracking through Ephesians, this idea of grace at work is that we need grace to work in our life, in our relationships. In chapter 4, if you've got your Bibles, go to Ephesians chapter 4. Um, if you don't own a Bible or have a Bible, we keep some on the back table. You can take that. Write your name in it. That's our gift to you. Um, or you can, um, on a smartphone or smart device, a tablet per se, um, there's a free app called Uversion. And in that Uversion app, there's a link you can click. It's on the menu buttons, and it's called Events or Live. I can't remember what the newest one is. 
but it'll search for the nearest event. And since we're at the creek and we have an event, it's going to pop up the creek. And it shows everything your fill-in sheets will have, but they're filled in. And you can make more notes, and then you can save it and email it to yourself. It's pretty nifty. It's a right nice little device there. But um, so Ephesians, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> That's weird. So anyway, in chapter 4, Paul's been working us through um, in dealing with our relationship. So as grace transforms us, we put off the old self, we put on the new self, which is clothed with Christ, and that transforms how we handle our human relationships, both in the church and outside of the church. And today we're dealing with one that really, um, I'm just going to tell you, James 5.16 tells us to, to share, confess our sins one to another. I'm just going to be upfront and honest with you. This is something I struggle with, this idea of unforgiveness. And, and I, I, I lie to myself often and say, I don't deal with it anymore. I've let that person go. I've forgiven them. But for some reason, I find myself back in this cycle of having to deal with forgiveness over a past hurt or someone who's hurt someone close to me. That's where I really hold on to it. You hurt somebody close to me, and it is hard for me to let it go. And, and, and I, I struggle with this, and this is an area that I constantly struggle with, and I don't think I'm alone. We all struggle in this area. This idea of forgiveness is, is difficult in our society, both inside the church and outside the church. And so we're going we're gonna to work through this today, and we're going to look at how our relationships are affected by the grace of God working in our lives. So let's, let's read Ephesians uh, chapter 4. We'll start verse 25. We've been working through this verse by verse, and Paul starts out 25 with therefore. Um, so he's saying that therefore means because you have put off the old self and you've put on the new self, there's a difference in how you interact with people. There's a difference in how we work with this, and we, it, this takes the help. See, putting off the old self and living in the new takes the work of the Holy Spirit constantly at work in our life. And then it takes us walking together in the context of community. And so he goes, therefore, because you've put off the old and put on the new, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Um, this idea of forgiveness is difficult because unforgiveness that is not dealt with leads to bitterness. And so bitterness really, the best way to describe bitterness is it is a poison which ferments from unforgiveness. But it's a poison that does not kill its intended victim. It kills the container. So when we hold on to unforgiveness, it begins to sour and become bitterness. And a root of bitterness begins to take hold in our life. And we, we want to hold that over the other person, but ultimately ends up destroying us. 
So we've got to learn how to deal with, with bitterness. And, and Paul starts out by giving us some instructions on how to avoid bitterness. The first thing, the first thing he says in verse 25 is that we speak truthfully. Remember in verse 15, a couple weeks ago, we said that we're to speak the truth in love. And so we've got to speak truthfully to one another. And, and this, is, this, is, this is a challenge for a lot of us because we want to use the truth to beat people up. We want to, we want to take the truth into a situation, especially when we, we've been hurt and we're carrying hurt, we're carrying this bitterness, and we sit down with them and we go, I'm going to share the truth with them. That's, that's not the way that we can do it. We've got to share the truth in love. We've got to go to the, let me give you some advice on how to do this. You've got to go to the right person, okay? In, going to someone else, you're just, you're just creating another issue. So you go to the person. You got to be in the right person. You got to be in the right frame of mind. You go at the right time and you go in the right spirit. So what that means is you're prayed up. You're humble. You're able to sit down with them and have a conversation. And the way that conversation can flow is to sandwich your, your make a truth sandwich. It's, it's kind of like, I really love you. And I, I, really, I really enjoy our relationship or I enjoy our time together. One of the things I'm challenged with in our time together is this. You share the issue, and you say, and I, I'm looking forward to us getting past this so we can have healthy, healthiness and love in our relationship. So make a truth sandwich if that's what you can. If you can't sit down and have a conversation with the person, write them a letter. Write them an email. See, that, that works well because then you know you're going to be heard. When, when uh, we, were, we were experiencing some communication challenges with our, with our daughter one time, and we were given the advice, write a letter. So what we would do is we would write a letter and leave it in front of her bedroom door. And the next day, she would write us a letter. And so that helped us in our communication. Because here's what, here's what it boiled down to. We knew each other was being heard. Because you don't interrupt a letter. You can put it down, but eventually you're going to come back to it, right? So we knew each other was being heard. And so we speak the truth in love. We speak truthfully, and, and let me tell you, it, it takes people watching our blind spots. It takes people that are willing to tell us, hey, there's, there's something we need to deal with. It, it's, it's what Proverbs says, it's faithful to the wounds of a friend. I would much rather have friends that wound me than enemies that kiss me, because enemies are going to tell you, hey, it's all right, it's good, you're all good, everything's fine. A true friend will tell you when your fly is down. I mean, I'm, I'm, I do the fly check now every time I walk out on the platform because one time, one time, I walk out. Good morning, welcome, so glad to see you. And I look over at Heather, she's like, I'm like, love you too, baby. And then she looks down, she's like, I was like, not, not now. You know? And then, okay. I, I'm, I'm, you, if you don't know me, I can be pretty stupid sometimes. So then I realize, like, ah. Oh. And so I turn, like, look at this screen. And at that point, in, in, with the way I am, I, you, I have to call it out. Um, a friend's going to tell you that, which I have noticed 
that happen in the lobby, but I had to get somebody else to tell them their fly was down because I still carry some baggage from middle school. You're like, hey, do your flies down. What, you looking? <laughs> no, I should have just left you alone and you just gone the whole day without it. We've got to speak the truth and we've got to receive the truth. We've got to be humble and receive that truth. The other thing is, we, he says in verse 29, that we speak encouragement, that we build each other up with our words. We speak and pour in encouragement. What encouragement means is literally to put in courage. And we need to give this and receive this, just like truth. We need to be able to give truth and receive truth. We need to be able to give encouragement and receive encouragement. And that's, that's putting courage us in, in, into us. In verse 28, um, he says, Let the thief no longer steal, but let him do honest work so that he may have something to share with those in need. Some scholars believe that there was an issue in the church in Ephesus that Paul was addressing here, that in the church there was someone that had stolen from the church or people in the church, and it was causing some anger around this person and this situation. And that may be true, but let's think broader, because we all have situations that make us angry. And, and a thief is stealing because he's selfish. And so when, when our mentality is selfish, we're going to take for our purposes. We're going to take because it benefits our situation. And what we've got to understand is we've got to, we've got to come by it honestly. Encouragement. We've got to come by encouragement honestly. We need to give it honestly. And this very well may be a situation that was going on in the church at Ephesus, but here's the reality. Every one of us, there's situations that, that have the ability to make us angry very quickly. You and I, it might, I mean, if you steal from me, yes, I'm going to be very angry. If you hurt someone I love, I'm going to be very angry. There are things that are all around us that make us angry. And Paul's saying, it, you can be angry, but don't sin in your anger. Because if you sin, you're giving the devil a foothold. Here's the, here's the, 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 the plan of the devil. If he can get you to, to get angry and then sin in your anger, then what he can do, he says, I'll take a grain of sand. And from one grain of sand, he will take the entire beachhead. Don't even give him a grain of sand. It's okay to be angry. Anger is natural. What we have to understand is that those of us who are clothed with Christ, anger is natural, sin is not natural. Anytime our anger is directed at a person, sin's going to follow. So I can look at that person who, who wronged me, that person who in middle school created baggage that said something that, that still bear, I still bear the scars for. I can, I can think of any one of these situations that bring me to anger, but I don't take my anger out to that, on that person. If I'm going to walk a holy and righteous life, my anger has to be against sin. It has to be against the behavior, not the person. I tell our couples that are getting married in their premarital counseling that when you fight, they're like, we're never going to fight. I'm like, you're just so cute. I'll talk to you in two weeks after your wedding. Because we get angry. But I, I tell them, when you, when you fight, don't fight each other. Fight the issue. When you get angry, when I get angry, I'm preaching to myself on this morning, man. I get angry at the issue. I get angry at sin, not the person. 
I can't burn my anger against a person because James chapter 1 tells us that, that my anger, man's anger, will never produce the righteousness of God. All it will do is produce more anger. So we've got to understand how to deal with this bitterness. So we speak truthfully. We speak encouragement. Let's talk about growing bitterness because some of us, we'll find ourselves in one of these three categories. There's, there's many ways that our anger explodes and, and it's coming from the root of bitterness. And, and here's where it comes from. The first one is, is we bury our anger. And I'm just going to be honest with you in, in this idea of confession. This is, this is mine right here. I bury it. I put it down and push it down as far as I can. I try to forget about it. I try to think, oh, it's, it's okay, it's gone, it's in the past. Um, but the best way I can explain this is it's like a sponge that has a slow drip coming into it. And eventually that sponge gets full. And it's going to start coming out in the most unexpected ways. And you're like, I don't even know where this is coming from. It's coming from a root of bitterness. Because we've buried it and not dealt with it. And we've got to be able to be quick to deal with it. I'll I'll talk to you about how how that plays out in a little bit. The second one, you spew your anger. Let's just get graphic for a minute. You vomit it. It's kind of like, you know... You get angry and it's just like, blah, and you've puked, you've thrown it up, you've spewed, and it's just all over everywhere, and then you're like, all right, that's done, let's clean up and go on. There's a problem with that. I'm a sympathetic puker. (laughs) I see it, it's happening. I mean, the other night, Heather was getting a kick out of this, because I'm at the sink, we're doing cleaning up after dinner, and we got this little... 12-pound rat, um, and I turned around to put something in the dishwasher, and I stepped back. If in case you didn't get that, that was the noise that I heard, and I feel something warm on the bottom of my foot, and I turn around, and the dog's looking at me like, I just did that, and I'm, I, I just start, I'm just dying, you know. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I feel like I've stepped in acid and my foot's melting off and Heather just starts cracking up and she let me clean it up. (laughs) And I'm sitting there and she's like, don't throw up. I was like, okay, help it. (laughs) That's the problem when you puke your anger. Everybody's gonna be sick and you're ready to move on, but it leaves a lot of mess that has to be cleaned up. And, and then some spread your anger. Some will spread anger. This is very dangerous. I mean, all of these are dangerous. But this one's dangerous because what happens is we start to move around and create allies against the person that wronged us. And so we'll, we'll go to other people. And, and in the church, it, it's gossip. Or in the church, it's like, I just want you to pray for me. Because I got to tell you what this person did to me. And in the, in the guise of a prayer request, we're, we're, we're end up spreading our anger because we're not ready to deal with it. And so we create allies and, and we, we start to steal encouragement because they go, oh, it's okay. You're not, no, you're not. And, and so you got to be careful 
Are they wounds of a friend or kisses of an enemy? And when you start building allies, it creates an incredible mess because you're not even dealing with what needs to be dealt with. You're, you're gaining your own army to build yourself up. That's a very dangerous one. You start telling it so you feel vindicated. So now that we've got that out of the way, let's, let's talk about dealing with this bitterness, overcoming it. Verse 32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. First step and over, there, there's many steps on this journey, so I even hesitate to say step, but I'm just going to pull it from this passage. One thing we have to do is realize that God has forgiven us. God has forgiven you. This is, this is us looking at the cross. And, and here's, the, here's the, the self-awareness question. Here's the, here's the, the, the self-exposing question that we have to ask ourselves is the offense or sin that that person committed against me greater than the offense and sin that I've committed against God? And, and I have to say that there is no offense that any one person on earth could commit against me or any one of us that is greater than any of our sin against God. And the cross stands as a reminder of that. That through the cross... We've been forgiven. That when we approach God and we confess to God and we say, God, here, I've, I've wronged you. I've committed sin and an offense against you, God. Forgive me. Scripture tells us that he is faithful and just to forgive when we confess our sins to him. And he forgives us and he carries no offense anymore. He throws that into the sea of forgetfulness to be remembered no more. He says, I throw your sin as far as the east is from the west. And the cross stands as a reminder for us of the brokenness that Jesus endured because of our sin and our offense. So unless our bitterness leads us to brokenness, we're never going to receive healing. We have to come to the cross. We have to come to the cross broken and lay it down and say, Jesus, here. I know that this offense against me was not greater than my offense against you, but I have to lay it here and I have to leave it here. Help me walk away with freedom. There's freedom and forgiveness. And then we have to make the choice to forgive. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. This forgiving has multiple meanings. One meaning that you'll hear in scripture is this idea of release. In this context, it means to give grace freely. But let's talk about those for a second. To release means this, that when I hold unforgiveness in my heart against someone, I, I, I chain them to the dungeon in my heart. And what happens is when something reminds me of that situation, I go, no, I've forgiven them, I've forgiven them. But something reminds me of that situation and I bring them out. 
I pull them out of the dungeon, pull them out of the cage, and I start beating on them. I was like, I can't believe you did this. You deserve to be exposed. You deserve everything you got coming to you. And then I get tired, and I realize, but so do I. And then I put them back in the cage, and I lock them in my heart again. Forgiveness means I pull them out, I open the cage, and I release them. And when I remember that, I remember that I've given grace as I've been given grace. See, in Luke chapter 6, we like to turn this um, into a money passage that, you know, give and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over and put in your lap. For the measure you give, it will be returned back to you. And, And yes, that applies monetarily to us as followers of Christ. But let's think about this in the terms of grace. If we're unwilling to give grace, then what's the measure we're going to receive grace? You see, I want to give grace to those that hurt. I want to walk free. And I want to give grace to those so that grace is returned to me in full measure. So I give them the full measure of grace and I receive that grace. Because the unforgiveness I carry, they don't even care. I'm the one who has to remember it. I'm the one who has to continue to be exhausted trying to carry it. And and I'll be honest with you. Too many of us are exhausted from carrying this, and it's time to lay it down. It's time to be free. It's time to come to the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, I'm coming here. I'm broken. I'm hurt, but I want to walk away healed, and I want to walk away free. And I want us to deal with that this morning. We're going to close service a little differently. See, I, I um, mentioned James 5.16 earlier. I want you to see that whole passage because we're going to end with a time of prayer and praise. And this is what James says in chapter 5. Are any of you suffering? I know that to be the case. Then let him pray. Are any of you cheerful? I know that. You're going through some incredibly cheerful things, some of you. Let them sing praise. Any of you sick? I know that's a reality in our church. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he is committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man has great power and it's working. So I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to stand. The band's going to do one more song. And let's take some time to deal with this. So if you need to praise, then praise. If you need to pray, these altars are open. Our prayer team's going to be up here. Some of our staff are going to be up here. Don't miss this opportunity. Some of y'all need to get rid of this bitterness. You need to leave it here and let Jesus deal with it. And today starts a process of healing. See, forgiveness is on you. It's immediate and complete. Your forgiving is immediate and complete. And then some of you start walking through this process of reconciliation. That's having some of those conversations about boundaries. See, forgiveness doesn't always equal trust. Some of you need to speak the truth in love and truthfully set up some boundaries with relationships in your life.
And that process can start here at the altar. Father, we love you. We thank you for grace. Thank you that you pour your grace on us. And we come to you. We come to the foot of the cross. And and we just lay down everything, all of our hurts, all of the things that we hold on to. We ask you to forgive us. We ask you to help us live with the reality in every hurt and every scar that you have freely given us grace in Christ and forgiven us. So help us to forgive those that have hurt us, that have wronged us. And we release them into your hands and ask you to pour your grace on them. Forgive us, heal us, and free us. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to the Creek Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Thank you.